0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's me, Chriselle Lim, co-founder and CMO of Boomo. As a busy working parent myself, I felt like there was a lack of options for parents and I personally needed more support. So that's what we're doing here on Being Boomo. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. So subscribe now to being boomo at applepodcast.com/slash being boomo or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, gotta go.
1: See you guys soon. Well, podcast fam, I am here to share something kind of exciting because back in the spring, I came out with a collab with Smash & Tess. It's the first time we ever did one together and it sold out in three minutes and left a lot of people waiting in the wings for what was next, what would come, would we ever restock it, what would we do? Well, what we did is coming and it's dropping this Wednesday. I'm here to give you a heads up to keep an eye out because this Wednesday, our final smash and test collection of 2020 is dropping and it will be shown on both smash and test page and my own and trust me, this is not one to be missed. I can't wait for you to find out exactly what we came up with and why I think this one might sell out again in record time. Can't wait to see you on Wednesday at Smash and Tess and The Birds Papaya. Now let's enjoy the show. All right, everyone, welcome back. I am very excited to welcome today's guest because she is somebody I discovered through her postpartum journey because it felt very similar to my own. While we also have completely different lives and very different stories, there's these similarities between us that just made me really excited to have her on today. First of all, before I even introduce her, I have to say that the most special part about having her on today was that I went over to her profile. I was just kind of prepping for today's show. And I was like, oh, I want to get some good questions. And she has this beautiful post that says, be your own body goals. And I looked at where you can see who likes that post. And my daughter had liked the post. And I was just like, this is the day. What a moment. So please welcome Jasmine from Married Moms and Mantras. Hello, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Oh, that makes me... T- Isn't that the sweetest? That's so sweet. Oh I was gosh. just like, this is how I know that I've taught my kids social media. Well, it's funny because they get to that age and everyone's like, are you terrified? And I'm like, yeah, but also weren't we all? Like, weren't we all the guinea pigs of social media? And like we've learned and we have we can give them such amazing experiences and also teach them and navigate them through you know, some of the hardships with it because I don't think it's going anywhere. But when I saw that she like was following you, I was like, well, dang, I've done something right.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have two of your, you and your child following. Like,
1: oh my God, I'm so honored to I know, right? Like, what is going on? That is so cool. I want to say I'm tickled pink. I would love if you'd be tickled pink, if everybody could be, that should be the name of this. <laughs> that should be the name of a lot of things in my brand, tickled pink. Wow, I like that. Okay, so let's get into it. Jasmine, you are you've kind of had an explosive year, I would say. You have grown a lot on social media by being authentically yourself, but also in the last year you're also going through a postpartum journey. This is your second postpartum journey and you have a you have a very I would say, unique story while also being somewhat normal and common for a lot of women. So kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you kind of got here and what kind of got you into sharing what you do today. I originally started being a fitness page, bodybuilding and
0: everything. You know, I got pregnant with my twins and I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, I kind of saw pregnancy as this like, intermission to like my show, the Jasmine Mm. show. And I was like, okay, I'm ready. Mm. Once this is done, I'm going to go back to me. I'm going to be a fitness model. Like that was my goal. And, you know, lo and behold, that wasn't the case. I was pregnant with twins and I was really the smallest I've ever been before I had, before I had, when I got pregnant with them. And so I end up having like, I remember having them and like sitting in the recovery room and I was touching my stomach. I was like, my stomach's flat. I was like, I'm so excited. And then I like had to stand up and I realized my stomach wasn't flat and I was like hanging over my, my C-section scar. And I was like, what the heck is going Mm. on? And I had this kind of like crisis where I didn't know who I was anymore because my identity was so caught up on what I looked like that I didn't, know where I was going to go because I'm like, well, if I don't look like the quote unquote regular fitness models, I can't do that. And like, where is my worth at? And at the same time, I also had this like insane bully. She bullied me for a year and a half, like the ultimate troll. She emailed me, she created fake pages, Snapchat, Instagram,
1: Facebook, whatever, (gasps) emailing, like everything. I thought you were going to say the bully was you. And like, it was all inside you. No, this is a real person that was after you. No, it was a real person. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah. And she just told me like, she told me I deserved to have a miscarriage because I had a miscarriage before my twins. And she told me I deserved to have a miscarriage. And that Uh. I was like this like terrible person. And just like, all the time, on every post would just comment these horrendous things. And she told me, which this is something that I will carry on for like the rest of my life as a motivating tool. She told me, you're going to be nothing more but stretch marks and saggy skin. And I was like, you know what? (gasps) Little B, I'm not. (laughs) And so out of defiance for this woman, which I ended up finding out who she was later. But by that time, I was so healed from it that I was like, you know, I just wish her well. Um, Because at one point I was going to press charges because she knew who I was. She knew like, I used to live in the same town as her. Our circles were like intertwined, but I didn't know who it was at that time either. And it brought me so much anxiety. Just like every time I would post, like I wouldn't even post just to avoid her comments on my page. And then I finally got to a point, I'm like, you know what? if I just show up as me and if I empower myself, then she can't say anything to me because I'm giving her the power over me by her being able to say, Oh, well, you're this and this. And I'm like, okay, well I am. So I'm just not going to do anything anymore. Rebelled against her, <laughs> I guess. And I was like, you know what? I am smart. I I have so much more to offer and like kind of realizing that my worth was not intertwined with how my body looked like. And once I was able to feel empowered through that, like that's where kind of like my whole like self-love journey started. Even though at first, like I had so many, I lost so many followers and so many people were so terrible. And what really like brought my platform, I had this video that went viral. I had like 5 million views. What?
1: I don't even know if I've seen this video. Yeah. It's on my page. It's on my IGTV. Find it. <laughs> but I'm going <gonna> to have <laughs> to find this video. Yeah. And yeah. It was crazy
0: because there were so many like amazing comments, but there was so much negativity. Mm. And I really had to learn that I couldn't hold on to positive nor negative because at the end of the day, it was all people's projections. And my truth did not need to sway with opinions, whether they were positive or negative, because like my truth is like a tree and the wind is like, there's positive, negative winds blowing around. And that's like as much as I needed to see it because anything more than that was just giving me grief.
1: So now that the weather is cooling down, we're layering up in our cozy clothes, we might be missing the signs of dehydration. Cooler weather makes it easier to miss signs of dehydration like overheating or perspiration, which means it's even more important to keep your body properly hydrated. With just one stick of liquid IV into 16 ounces of water, you get two to three times the amount of hydration as plain water. And if you're anything like me, you don't even like plain water. So it makes it way more enjoyable to get hydrated with a little bit of flavor as well. Not to mention, flu season often lines up with our holiday plans. But liquid IV can help support your immune system with increased hydration and essential vitamins. It's perfect for staying hydrated on holiday flights or long road trips. It can even help with hangovers after those extra holiday drinks. Liquid IV's best-selling hydration multiplier now has three new flavors, guava, watermelon, and apple pie. I personally, like I said, don't love water, so Liquid IV has been tremendously helpful to me, especially this year when dehydration has impacted me more than ever. I've just been more forgetful about it, haven't been consistent, maybe because we're at home and we're having to create more routines around making sure we stay hydrated. Liquid IV has been here with me the entire year and I'm realizing more and more that I often found my signs of dehydration were increased in the summer months. And now that it's cooling down, I have to be more intentional again. It's healthier than sugary sports drinks because it's got no artificial flavors or preservatives and less sugar than an apple. It's also made with clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, and free of gluten, dairy, and soy. But what makes Liquid IV so effective? Their cellular transport technology. It's the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, and potassium, delivering water and nutrients into the bloodstream. It's the perfect balance to help you hydrate more quickly and effectively than water alone. Like I said, it just one stick into 16 ounces of water and you're going to get as much hydration as two to three bottles of plain water alone. But Liquid IV doesn't just end there. They're a company that is looking to change the world. Liquid IV has donated over 5 million servings globally In response to COVID-19, products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, active U.S. military, and over 3 million servings in total so far. Liquid IV is available in the U.S. at Walmart in the beverage section, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code PAPAYA at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code PAPAYA at liquidiv.com. So get better hydration today, liquidiv.com, promo code papaya. Now let's get back to the show. Oh my gosh, that was so well said. And you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm super glad that you talked about the fact that it was a struggle and that it did kind of get born out of almost somebody ridiculing you too, because I think that a lot of times we don't talk about grief when it comes to our bodies. We just are like, you need to pick up, you need to move on, you need to heal, you need to do. And it's like, but what about grief? You can't just skip past it. And when your body's gone through tremendous change, let alone with twins after being through, you know, bodybuilding season to being pregnant with twins— like you said, that stand-up moment, just realizing and recognizing and and going through and journeying through that fear, there's grief with that. There's something that has to occur in order to move forward. But then in the face of that, and what I love about you and what you said there facing kind of the fire of somebody's hate and that almost driving you to become something more. A lot of times we're really scared of people and their opinion. We're really scared and we want to avoid it. We want to protect ourselves. And I think that's valid and fair, but it exists everywhere. It's there all the time, conditioning us to to feel a certain way, look a certain way, hide, get into our shame, and live in that shame what I love about you is like, you were in that shame. You were sitting in it. You were being ridiculed of it. And then here you are and you friggin' showed up. And this video, my gosh, I've just found it. That was just last year. And you were, so this is before your second postpartum journey. And you did this standards of beauty video and yeah, it has over 5 million views maybe perhaps woke a lot of people up to the experiences that you had. Did you expect that to go the way it did? You know, what's really weird is I
0: had a, I had a video before that one had like three quarters of a million. There was another one that was like a million before that. And I was just like, I was Mm -hmm, on a roll. mm -hmm. Um, It was, it was so crazy because like, that was actually the worst time in like my marriage that time. My husband actually opened her surgery a month before my twins were born. And, Like oh my gosh! If if he wouldn't have had that surgery, he'd be he wouldn't be alive today. Like it was really bad when he came back. He ended up having to move to Oregon, and I was living in Texas. And so I basically was taking care of the twins by myself. And I just was like in such a negative space, and I had to go so far inward. Those words that were coming out at that time were so I don't know so motivated by. Like I was like, there was not much going on for me that I felt was good at that time because I was going through Mm. postpartum depression and I had really bad postpartum depression, postpartum depression and anxiety. And like Mm. my marriage wasn't going well. My husband and I were like long distance and we were like really struggling. He wasn't like, he didn't, he wasn't really ready to be a dad and I wasn't ready to, Really like submit in our relationship. I was like so headstrong, of like, I can do that all by myself that like I don't need you, and which was not good mm. for our relationship. Like, my hyper masculinated <laughs> being was not helping us. And so at the time, I was like, okay, you know what? I just, these words were just coming out of me, or like I, I was feeling it so deeply because I was like meditating all the time, I was in prayer all the time, and I just was like, I need to get out of where I'm going. And so those words were like, I would know before I posted it. I'm like, I knew what that what the, the video was gonna do be because I felt it. I felt it so mm. deeply in my soul. Like I felt like it wasn't even me speaking. It honestly, like, you know, I don't. I'm not like the biggest like religious, you know, Bible thumping person. But like, I felt like that was like God talking through me. I was always pray beforehand and be like, let me speak the words that need to be said. And I truly felt like that video, like was something that like needed to be said. And I scared, like, there was a point, like, I just stopped reading comments. You know, it was just like, I was like, oh my gosh, it's at a million. I'm like, it's a two million. I'm like, it's a three million. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And it was, it was so crazy, but I don't feel like it was me. I feel like it was needed to be said. I think it was like a collective thing that needed to be said. I can't even take credit for that truly. Cause I really feel like it was, it was a divine word that i Happened to get to carry in that moment. I feel like it's a lot of things that a lot of us Mm. felt, and I I, it almost be it would be too selfish of me to even try to take credit for that.
1: Fair, but you were also the conduit for it, right? You were the one that were that you were the channel in which it was communicated, and I think that's something to be proud of too. I feel the same way sometimes. Sometimes I'll say something, and people get like, "Oh my gosh, that's so profound!" And I'm like, I definitely wasn't the first one to say that. I definitely wasn't the first one to think it. And, you know, there is no such thing as original thought. And sometimes like that inspiration does come from like deeper places and bigger, bigger powers than us or whatever it is that you might align with or believe in. I totally get, I totally believe in that because I think sometimes we're just, it's hit in the moment it's meant to hit. And I think that's incredible. We've been talking a lot lately about making your money go further. If you're a fellow Canadian, you might be like me who loves PC optimum points and loves redeeming them on free stuff. But if you want to get even more groceries and beauty products for free, you now may be able to because PC financial has a new no monthly fee account that will make you think about money in a whole new way. It's called the PC money account, a bank account that makes doing everyday spending go further. The PC Money account gets you PC Optimum points for doing everyday things like grocery shopping and online shopping, basically your everyday needs. The PC Money account is a no monthly fee bank account that makes every dollar of your purchases go further with PC Optimum points. I continuously use PC Optimum points, whether I'm collecting them, whether I'm spending them, it's especially important for me gearing up towards the holiday season where I can get all of those PC optimum points that I've saved throughout the year and now start spending them and using them around the holiday season when expenses kind of go up just a little bit more. And the PC money account works like a bank account, but it rewards users with 10 PC optimum points for every dollar they spend anywhere they shop. You earn 25 points in total per dollar spent at Shoppers Jugmart. Mart. And as a welcome bonus, you'll get up to 50,000 points if you take advantage of introductory offers when setting up your account and adding payroll, direct deposit, or paying bills online. So for Canadians like me who crave more from their money, the PC Money account can help you. You can set savings goals all while being rewarded on your spending with loyalty points you can actually use. You'll also enjoy free Interact e-transfer services and free withdrawals at PC Financial ATMs across Canada. Go to pcfinancial.ca slash papaya to open a PC money account and you too can start thinking about money in a whole new way. That's pcfinancial.ca slash papaya. Now let's get back to the show. You've gone from Venice. Now you've shared this kind of story. You're, you've revealed what your stomach looks like. You've kind of placed yourself into this new space of self-love. You and I talked about this kind of personally beforehand, but I'd love for you to share, how has that been for you kind of creating this bridge between this old world kind of melded with the new, with this, this old jasmine new Jasmine and finding this space in between where like fitness exists and self-love exists and, and kind of that chaos and that confusion that also exists within that. So what has that journey been like? Cause that video came out last year. You had another child. This has been a continued conversation for you, but also while being, you know, what is your full-time job? You're your personal trainer, right? Or do you still do that today? Um No, I'm not. I
0: would, I would say I'm full-time mom.
1: Good for you. I did it for 10 years. It was, you know what? There's a good, in, there's so much good in that too. I am not doing it this time, but I think that it was such a cool season. So, but tell me about what it's, what, what it was like, kind of like bridging those two lives and those two, those two chapters. Um,
0: honestly, I can't say it was bridged because it wasn't an old Jasmine or new Jasmine. I felt like it was Jasmine that had to like, like I was a banana and I had to peel back these layers of who I thought I was and be like, no, like, this is what what it, what is inside, you know? And I don't think I could, like, there's aspects of me that of course live on, you know, like it just like our experience exists in Mm. that way. But I think for me, it Mm -hmm. was letting go of those things. Um, I listened to the sermon one time and it talks about like, when God has a purpose for our lives, like sometimes it's like, TSA agent, where it's like you can't take this with you and this with you and this with you because it's like baggage, and there's certain baggage that you can't take with you to get onto the flight of where you need to go. And so, there's certain aspects of where I had to leave like certain ideals and certain expectations of myself behind, and I had to shed layers of myself and you know go through a new season of change to where I became me. I didn't become someone new, I Mm. actually became myself. And I think that is where we kind of like self-love feels confusing because it's like, well, I need to create something new. And it's like, no, it's not finding something outside of you. It's returning back to what is within you. And I think that's what I finally uh, did. Yes. Yeah. It was just being authentic and true to myself. Like that's what my journey was was going back to me and not being ashamed of who I was because I felt a lot of shame growing up. I was like really hyper, kind of nerdy, like really quirky, like just like you know not like mind your p's and q's and have like just be like this sexual person (laughs) and be like this and like have proper manners Mm -hmm. and be lady and all these Mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, you know what? Like, there's aspects of me that do exist in that way, but there are aspects that not like I. I'll sit out in the middle of <laughs> uh, like after I put my kids down outside and I'll just dance to music by myself. And I'm like, you know, I enjoy my own presence, you know, just doing things that like most, some people might not do, but I enjoy and just being me and enjoying that, you know,
1: without shame. Being a parent is hard, like really hard. So when you go to get diapers to prevent the next eventual blowout, Finding a diaper that is absorbent and soft without spending a fortune shouldn't be just as hard. Today, I am talking about Hello Bello. I am about to be a new mom again for the fourth time, but for the first time in over a decade. So making choices about what's best for my baby and also a choice that's best for the budget shouldn't be always a losing battle for your wallet. Hello Bello is here to help lighten that load on the bank account, all while keeping your baby comfy and dry. Hello Bella was co-founded by Kristen Bell and Dax Shepard. It was built on the simple idea that all babies deserve the best, which is why they offer premium baby products at affordable prices. Their diaper bundling service lets you choose from over 20 fun different rotating designs, and each bundle comes with seven packs of diapers, four packs of plant-based wipes, and even one full-size product freebie with your first order all you need to do is head on over to hellobello.com slash papaya to build your bundle and Hello Bello will send you diapers on a cadence that works for you. Plus the shipping is free and you can cancel anytime. No gotchas. Get their super soft, super absorbent and super affordable diapers delivered right to your door from Hello Bello. So head on over right now, go to hellobello.com slash papaya and you'll get 25% off your diaper bundle order. That's a huge bang for your buck and a lot of potential blowouts saved. That's hellobello.com slash papaya to start bundling with 25% off your order. Plus get 15% off any add-ons like vitamins or wipes. Don't forget that's hellobello.com slash papaya. We are becoming something. It's all about what we're becoming. And for many of us, and I would say eventually, maybe all of us, it's more of a homecoming. It's like you actually become when you come home. When you come back to like, like I was inherently who I am now when I was six years old, for sure. Like that's exactly, but like there was a season in life where I wasn't that. I very deeply dishonored that, Person trying to be something that I was not in order to kind of fit a mold that I felt I needed to fit. And it wasn't until going through a lot of that life transition kind of coming back into who I am inherently that my parents were like, oh, we feel like we have her back. Like we feel like she's back again. And I, and I love that you say like, you know, you're a little quirky and a little nerdy and like being able to still lean into those parts of you instead of putting it into like the new and the old and bridging of these things is like been more of like a, a deeper becoming like a coming back home to everything else and and i got to say a lot of your posts are very introspective like they are very good at kind of peeling those layers the one that i was like really stuck on recently was when you said that maybe self love isn't about loving yourself but getting over yourself to move on to better things and i think that just gets so many people out of this stuck place because, and I've talked about this a lot, and I'm sure you've kind of maybe felt this and maybe we can chat about it, is just this idea that self-love is designed to be like this emotional experience and feeling And it oftentimes just becomes another expectation, just another expectation for our body. Another thing that we feel like we can fail at. So tell me about like, what does self-love mean to you?
0: It's changed a lot, honestly. And with that post, like, I I feel like I'm kind of like rebelling against self-love. I honestly, like, I'm like, I feel like there should be an anti-self-love movement because it's just so, I feel like it becomes like, you know, whether you know, you believe in ego or God or whatever, you feel like when we become so consumed with ourselves and become so internal, mm. like, how can I look better? Like the vanity of it, even if it comes to a point where it's like, oh, let me show this fall and this fall and this fall and this flaw and this flaw. And this flaw, and this flaw. It becomes like, it's like, just like a bodybuilder would be like, let me show you this muscle, this muscle, this muscle. It's like, there's such, there's like a literal, such a fine line that it's like, what makes that any different than what, like the self-love than it does someone who's pro fitness and diet. Like it's like, there's, there's not very, there's mm. not much difference there. I started to be like, I don't want this to be about my body anymore. Like for me, self-love is like mm. loving all aspects of myself and being true to that. Cause like for me right now, self-love is loving myself as a homemaker being proud of that because like for me I felt like a lot of people put shame around it where it's like well I'm a waste of space oh for sure like you're not contributing to society I'm like no I am contributing to society you know why because I'm raising children that are going to contribute to society by being good people you know and you know being true whether that's like with my marriage or like wearing clothes and not feeling bad because I'm like oh my gosh I if this angle's not there and I'm not sexy enough and like this like I don't get likes and I've started like my engagements just plummeted and, but I'm like, you know what? I feel good about what I'm posting. Like right now I'm on a week hiatus. I'm just like, I am not getting on social media. I deleted the app, but I'm just like, I'm just going to live in my own existence. Cause that is my world right now, you know? And like self-love has become less about myself and more about how, Putting that energy toward self development, you know, like how can I be a better mother? Mm. How can I be a better wife? How can I be better in my own community? How can I give back in other ways than just giving my body? Because I literally feel like self love has become like we talk about people, yeah, don't objectify women, but I feel like I'm like self love is like let's objectify ourselves purely for likes. And so for me, I'm like I'm like I feel objectified. I feel like I felt whenever I was modeling. And I didn't feel like I had any value. Now I feel the same way. And I'm like, there's no difference. It just looks better because it's more relatable. Mm -hmm. But it's the Mm -hmm. same thing to me. Like, that's how I'm
1: feeling. I super relate to that. And I think that for some people listening, they might be like, what? But like, that's what you guys do. But at the same time, it's hard because... Like I had I literally posted myself in a bikini and I said, like, I need to defocus from my body. And people are like, Well, why'd you post yourself in a bikini? And I was like, Well, that's just all I had right here, right now. But it, it's it's funny because I think it's important that we talk about this because I don't think that people realize enough how much that does play into the content. And and I said this not long ago that I really wish that we could have more conversations around fitness or around food without having a woman's body attached to that message. We see it all the time where people are showing their body and then talking about their fitness or like we never see, we never see fitness people in oversized clothing talking about the workout they just did. It's always somehow showing their body first. And so I was like, why do we not see that? And what I learned through that was those actually do exist. But the fact is we never see them because nobody cares. We're so reactive to a visual, to needing to see it, that that's all that ends up in our newsfeed. So for a lot of people... They're talking about self-love from within. They're showing up in those ways. They're doing fitness for mental health and they're talking about it and they're not showing their bodies. They're sharing recipes that are all about like, you know, the green smoothies and stuff and not hold, not wearing like a yoga set while they're talking about it. But we're as an audience and as a society, not showing up for those people because we're still needing this imagery. So it's kind of like this battle of how do we create boundaries and space for ourselves while still talking about these things? And I think a lot of it comes down to like this barrier of, you know, if you were in like a tight, you have this gorgeous red dress. That's why I'm saying red dress. If you were in a tight, gorgeous red dress and you've got your curved rocking and you're talking about accepting your body, I think a lot of people would be like, what is your problem? Like you've got nothing to worry about. And then the second you show your stomach, even if you're proud of it, people were like, oh, that's why. Like, that's the thing. And it's such an interesting, like, a lot of times people are, will even say, like, oh, you're so brave to show up this way. And that's a whole other layer to the whole self-love thing is, like, now just existing in your body can be seen to some as an act of bravery, no longer just actually existing in your body. And I, and I think it's an important conversation to have because— I think that even while you and I maybe haven't figured it out yet, I think that we're both just kind of like, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know what it's going to be in five years. Maybe I never show my body again. Maybe I show it every day. It's still something that I think is worth like conversing about and challenging ourselves with and asking ourselves why. Why do we feel is the purpose in showing this photo? Why are we showing up with our bodies online? are we doing it performatively to make people accept us because we are flawed? And do we feel safe to show up fully clothed and also own that? Like, and I, and I struggle with this all the time. Like it's, there's not even a question there, but. (laughs) No, that's that.
0: (laughs) <laughs> now that's exactly how I've been feeling too. Because it, it's like even with the flaws, it's still almost like a sexualization that's occurring. Where it's like, well, it's not sexy. Mm. Like fitness needs to look sexy, and I think that's why people, you know, feel certain ways about people in bigger body because it's not sexy. And like we're sold like sex is that sells. And like what frustrates me is like I'm like okay, I like look at my grid because I like I I have previews, so I'm like always like plan you know my my posts ahead of time. I need to make sure I have a bikini post so I can make sure my engagement goes up so I can make sure that people are still coming to my page because now I have a photo with only 400 likes, but I need to have it at 3,000 likes so people will, like, I can work with brands and I can, like, you know, support myself. And it becomes this, like, interesting thing of where it's, like, frustrating because I I told my husband, he's like, I thought you weren't going to do that anymore. And I was like, you know, I was like, I don't. I was like, but I don't know how to get people to engage with me because I've been this, like, sexy you know, thing, you know, from being from fitness. And like, even my self-love stuff was very like sexualized. It's like in a bikini, like you can't, help, but to feel like, Oh, like there's some like sort of sensuality, some sexual like, sexuality going on. And it's like, well, what if I'm mm. feeling sexy in this loose dress, but it's not showing off my curves. And I'm just in the kitchen cooking with my kids. Like I made this post, like me in the kitchen, with my kids. And like it got like a couple hundred likes, it, you know, my husband was like, it didn't do so well. And I was like, no, you know what? I don't care that it didn't do well because it was me. Like, this is yeah, where I am. i like, yeah. I like being at home with my kids I, and I want to share those things. I want to share, you know, my homeschooling stuff and like mm-hmm. just like letting go of that validation because like, and then people like, mm-hmm. you know, and I told people straight up, like I, I, I posted it to my followers. I was like, like, I felt like my self-love has become performative where I know I could grow my page easily if I posted certain pictures of myself. I and mean, I'm like, mm-hmm. but that's not what I want. Like, that doesn't make me feel good. I'm like, yes, yeah. it gets me likes. And yeah. yes, it makes me viral, but it doesn't, it's not actually making me feel good. And so it's just like this weird place I'm in.
1: I think weird places bring us really cool places though, too. I think every time I felt weird about things, something grows within me, right? And, you know, you talk about, you know, feeling sexy in the kitchen with your kids or feeling sexy in something looser. And it's like, we got to own that too. And we got to own that. Like, I've even noticed like lately, even though, like we were saying, like traditionally you know, this certain body type has been shown up as sexy. All of a sudden I've seen such diverse bodies showing up and I'm like, wow, like they're so hot. Like that is so sexy that it is changing the conversation, but then you don't want people to feel like they only ever have to be that in order to be, you know, acceptable or that if they're in a curvy body or in a, you know, if they're owning their smaller chests or they're owning their cellulite, that they don't have to do it in a way that is still palatable. And I think I struggle with that too. Like I struggle with wanting to kind of be palatable even within these flawed systems and these flawed bodies. And then also while talking about like living beyond our bodies, it's it's so contradictory sometimes. And I think it's really, it's contradictory and it's confusing. And I think a lot of times like, the imagery kind of carries the message for us. And then sometimes it works against the entire thing. And, uh, I mean, I I'm just very interested. I think it's going to be great too, because I think for you, you know, you talk about how you love homeschooling, you talk about how you love like being in the kitchen with your kids. Maybe the people who originally followed you came because they really related to your postpartum body story, but who knows what they end up staying for? Like, you never know what new people might come about. The other homeschooling moms that are like looking for somebody to relate to. And that's what I've always learned along the way is like, when you're going through a pivot, it's always awkward. It's always weird. It always feels like, like you're, you're in a new space and it's hard to not feel that constant validation that you used to have. But then it always shifts you into something even more interesting or even more new. And with a new group of people and new ears and kind of gives us that space to grow and let people see that we're like actually human beings that are doing these things. But it's really hard to separate person from brand, So like, I get that too, but I got to ask, like you had your postpartum experience with your twins and now you've had, now you're 11 months postpartum again. How has it been? You know, you talked about you had postpartum depression last time. How was your experience this time in going through it all? I've, I'm have i suffering with prenatal depression right now, and I've never dealt with depression like this in my life, and let alone dealing with it while you're supposed to be like celebrating a miracle of life, and you're just like, I don't know how to explain to everybody that I don't feel that way. How has your experience been a second time around?
0: My second time around has honestly been incredibly different in the most amazing, beautiful Mm. way. Like the first time I, I didn't know I had prenatal depression with my twins because I was so afraid of losing them because of my miscarriage that I I was very detached. It took me a long time. Even after they were born, I, I felt detached from them for a while. But with Brooklyn, my last one, that pregnancy, I was like, you know what? Like I need to let go of that fear because I was so anxious about, well, what if I lose this child? Or what if this happens? This happens. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is not me being present. I'm like, what is the reality of this moment? I can't change what happens. 10 days from now, a month from now, a year from now, I can't change any of that. And I don't know what that is even to to try to change it. And so just like, I became so present and I I did hypnobirthing with my midwives, Jay and Rion, and they're amazing midwives. With hypnobirthing, it's like, it's actually like mindful birthing. It's empowering the woman to know, like, trust your body and trust your baby. Your body and your baby know what to do. And Mm. I feel like a lot of women don't Mm. feel like they know what to do because this medical system has told them, well, you need all these interventions to do birthing. But like, whenever you really learn about the process of birth and how your body, like, I went through labor with my daughter and I can't, I, it wasn't painful. Like people like, like what? And I was like, and I, I I ended up not being able to push because I was like, I have five days of like start, stop labor. And you know what I was totally okay with that. Cause I was like, at the end of the day, like, you know, I did my best, you know, when it came to that, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was a, it was a bonding experience for my husband and I, we became so much closer going through these birthing classes, doing these like meditation techniques with each other, really like relaxing my body, becoming so present and doing like these breathing techniques to keep me out of my sympathetic nervous system, you know, like where I'm like in fight or flight and just like anxious and depressed and like really like focusing on, just going inward and finding peace throughout that whole pregnancy. I felt like it was such a peaceful thing. And even with my birth, I don't remember much of it because I was just in a very like deep place. I was in a very meditative place and like, and it's funny because like, I like women can actually have like orgasms during birth and people are like that's so gross. So I'm like, but you know, the same nerve.
1: I know. Isn't that wild? Yeah. And I saw, I
0: yeah I've heard that. It, and, but that's what, like a lot of hypnobirthing moms go through that. And it's like it, your body will naturally release these feel good hormones when the fear is gone. Fear, mm. fear does not allow mm. the hormones that work with birth to occur And so whenever we let go and stop trying to control it and give into it, it's like, it gives me goosebumps, but I still have this card that I pulled. They had like a deck of cards for us to pull for our birth and mindset, let go. And I was like, wow, like Mm. even now it's like, you know, I finally learned to let go and to stop trying to fight it. And just to sit in the discomfort and the intensity of it and just being present with my husband during it and even like after her birth, like I dreamt about seeing her. like I remember seeing her vividly, like her eyes, like feeling her soul. And when I birthed her I looked her in her eyes and I just cried. I was like, this was you. I've seen you before I met you. And it was just the most amazing experience. Like nursing her was so much better than it was with the twins. and I, I have my moments where you know I definitely feel it. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling depressed or anxious. but like now I know like, okay, what is that? What do I need to do for that? Do I need to talk about it? What do I like? And being able to like address it and see it and do the things like, whether it's working out or maybe it's like not, you know, putting these expectations of myself, maybe it's calling my husband and saying, Hey, can you pick up dinner tonight? Cause like, I just can't do it, you know, and knowing how to communicate it. Because I think one thing with depression is I didn't know how to communicate when I just would explode, you know? And I felt like, Like once I learned like, okay, I can communicate these problems without being vicious and, you know, talking through them and supporting myself, whatever that looked like at the time. And so for me, this whole, this experience has been amazing. I actually feel like I truly enjoy postpartum this time. Like I felt empowered, like even after my birth and I was like, my stomach's not flat. And I was like, and that's okay. And I was like, and that's okay.
1: That's such a redemptive experience. And I think it's really good for someone like me to hear, to hear even you talk about detachment and stuff with your twins, because I didn't know that existed until this pregnancy. And I felt so just afraid of loss. Like, to be honest, I was just obsessed with the stats, obsessed with like every day being like, okay, I'm this many days or weeks pregnant. Like, what are the miscarriage rates? Like, what are this, what are that? And like, I ended up making a post one day because I was just like, et It's so much because we just go from like, if I just make it to six weeks, if I just make it to 12 weeks, weeks, if I just make it to 20 weeks, if I just make it to 24, then they're viable. Then if I just make it to 27, then they're really viable. Mm -hmm. And if I just make it to 32, they won't have to have any interjections. And if I make it into 37, then I'm full term. And then I have to make it to 40 and I have to have not a stillbirth. And then it's like, okay, now I just need to get it through the first year so we don't have SIDS. Now I need to get them through not choking in their second year. And it just goes on and on. I have a 14-year-old and it's still going. It's still going. It never really lets up. But it's been scary to admit that like, because of that fear and because of that anxiety and my brain essentially protecting itself from a fear of this loss has made it really hard to feel connected. And it it hasn't really even been until recent weeks that I've really started to clue into the pregnancy and I've and it's been such an odd experience because I think for some people, the second they find out they're pregnant, they're planning their nurseries, they're ready to go. And I've just been like, uh, I'm just gonna leave it. Like I'm just not doing anything and I've been having a really hard time with it. And I wake up like in sweats almost every night. I've given birth three times, and I wake up in sweats, afraid of giving birth. And so it's really, I gotta look into different birthing experiences. But one of the bigger things with this time is, you know, my last two, I, well, in all three, they were all intervened medically and two of them had completely failed. So I didn't even get the pain relief and I still went through the labor and delivery, but this time with the world where it is, we've been talking about doing a home birth and this is going to tap into a whole new different side of me and having to tap into a lot of those fears, like really, really unearthing them. And I think it's really nice to hear that you can have an experience that is so full of fear. And then you can also have one that is so full of like just your presence and your body and just trusting the process. And I think that through the fears, like while they're all valid and all real, it's also really great to acknowledge the hope and the ability that we can have a different experience too. It doesn't mean to be, it doesn't have to be horrific. And I think that's, what's really hard for a lot of women is when we share stories that we share stories about birth, there's like, it's either magic or it's chaos and it's horrific and traumatic. And it's really hard to find like, well, what about the in-between? Like, I don't know that I'm going to experience magical birth. I also don't know that it's going to be horrific. And how do I come to a place of just experiencing what you said like letting go just letting go and really just trusting in this process that is that is exactly what we were designed to do just as we were designed to you know after after birth if there was you know a struggle with that as well and the way our bodies are and just like really letting go of that too and I'm just really grateful for the differences in, ex- in experiences to be able to kind of speak into all of them and I think you you do that so well and I think that's such a a magical thing about you is like your ability to kind of speak that truth a little bit and share those experiences as, you know, a mom of three. I can't imagine twins. Oh my gosh. My best friend's pregnant with twins right now. And I'm just like every day I'm like, I'm pregnant with one baby. I'm so overwhelmed. And I look at her and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're having two. <laughs> you know,
0: and it's one thing I, Just I, wild I have to say about that because I feel like a lot of people like look at twin moms and they're like, oh my God. And it's like, you want to panic for them, but the best thing to do for any twin mom is just to be supportive, you know, because at the end of the day, like yeah, he will show up, like I, they were my first kids. I never had like a clue of what children look like, like, you know, and so my first experience was twins. I tell people, they're like, your hands are so full. I'm like, God bless you. I'm like, no, I'm like my hands are full, but you should see how big my heart is because like these kids are the most amazing thing. If I can, like, if I could have had another set of twins, I would have loved to have another set of twins. Like I love being a mother to them. I love how twins are. I love their interactions. Now they're at the age where they play together and I don't have to go on play dates because now they have a built-in friend and you know what? And that's a luxury. And yes, I went through a lot that first year, but like just to, to be, their mom is the most amazing thing. And I think that like people want to share how bad it is so often that when I like tell people, I'm like, I love having twins that they look at me like I'm nuts, but I'd rather be nuts. Uh, And I'm like, whatever, (laughs) you know? And I think like, even with your experience, it's like, you know, you've went through, you're going through a lot and so much. And I know like your baby is just, she's so lucky to have you as a mom and that, you know, no matter what happens, like you're doing your best, and that's all you can ever ask for. And I definitely know, like it, it's it's going to be amazing for you. And I and I and I put that, I manifest that for you. You're going to have an amazing birth and an amazing, beautiful baby right in front of you. I'm just so excited for you.
1: You're going to make me get all choked up. It's it's so weird how validating that is. Like I think we're all just wanting to do a good job. I think that's all any of us ever want to do is we just want to do a good job. We just want to be a good mom, be a good human, be a good woman, be a good whatever. And it's really, it's very rare that we're just like, whatever you do, you're doing a good job. So thank you for that. I'm like going to just cry to myself for a minute, but I I adore you. I've adore, I've adored this conversation. And what I love about it is that we get to leave on a note where people get to go and discover you in a way that has zero expectations. They're not going to come and get, cause you don't even know what's next for you. I'm not even going to ask that question cause we don't know what's next for you. But I'm excited to see what that looks like. And yeah, so I'm going to encourage everybody just to go and check you out and engage with a couple of your posts to make them force into your newsfeed and get them them showing so we can see kind of what's next for you as we celebrate all aspects and facets of who you are. So tell us where we can find you and where we can do that. Married mom and mantras. Instagram, my website is down right now,
0: so don't go looking for it. But, and my podcast is coming out October tenth, twenty twenty. So ten ten, twenty twenty. I'll be releasing my podcast with you on as my first person because why not honor the the great papaya with the first my first episode.
1: I didn't know it was the first guest. That's my first guest. <laughs> oh my but you're gonna be the first episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I've been. I've oh, been, I've been, okay. I've been weeks.
0: Like, oh, god.
1: Oh no, no, no. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Podcasting is like such a cool, vulnerable, like, just, it's so great though, because when you get to talk and share on a podcast, there's, no, there's nobody there commenting and replying. So you get to just submerse yourself into this conversation. So I've loved chatting with you today. To everyone listening, like I said, go check out Jasmine. Go find that video that went viral and then go see what she's doing now and everything she's done in between. I'm really excited for you to get to know her. She's been one of my favorite new follows in the last you know, year or so. I probably actually followed you after that video now that I think about it. But I think it's, uh, I think you're just an incredible human being. and, And I'm really excited for more to get to know you. And I just appreciate your time and your sharing of everything today. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate it. All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye for now.